Big week in tech this week. The good, the bad, and the ugly, and we'll cover it all here on the World in My Pocket podcast. And welcome back. This is the World in My Pocket podcast. My name is Andrew Yanez. And I'm Justin Valero. And this week we're going to talk about a lot of things that happened. Uh, I mean, there was uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly like we discussed. Um, big news. A lot of things got announced. Um, you know, a lot of uh, other things happened in the industry. Uh, so, first off. I think uh, we should start with the ugly. Uh, definitely, definitely a, uh, a big big news story not just tech news kind of world news here uh we lost one of the greatest greatest innovators of our time in steve jobs uh died at the age of 56 uh, fell victim uh one more up there to uh to chalk up to cancer uh and apparently pancreatic cancer you have something like uh 20 even even in good cases when you catch early i was reading on the news that it's a 26% chance of actually surviving it within 5 of just surviving 5 years 26%. Yeah, you know, this was something that we all we all unfortunately saw kind of saw coming. Um it, but it is it is something that no matter what it, it's going to hit us hard. I mean, I, uh, I heard I heard a few people uh uh you know on other blogs and other podcasts even reference him as this was the closest thing we'll ever get to Thomas Edison. Edison. Yeah, and it's really it's really true. This is this is one of the greatest in, inventing minds to to ever exist. I and mean, how he, many CEOs do you know of that the president of the United States writes something uh, in remembrance of him? Not only that, but then if if you look at someone who could take a portion of a small portion of his resume, uh, he you know bought Pixar kind of on a programming whim and utilized it to become what it is today. I mean, if anyone could say that they were the CEO of Pixar alone, that that is a, a great call to the rest of humanity. But a lot of people forget that Steve Jobs is the one who turned Pixar into what it is today. It went from a lowly hardware company to turning into some software um, models that they would produce and. You know, uh, Steve Jobs really had that artistic mindset. That and, and the interesting thing is, is that Steve Jobs and Pixar, uh, they created the films that we grew up with. I mean, people in our twenties, um, we grew up with Pixar movies. We grew up with Toy Story as a kid. We were the ones uh, at midnight showings to Toy Story three to be nostalgic. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, it's definitely, and I think he's the single. He was the single largest shareholder of Disney stock. Because right. of the because of the sale of Pixar, yeah. So I mean, this this guy was definitely not only smart business wise, but he was able to to see to see things that pe other people couldn't see. He was able to see where the industry was heading and what people wanted before we even knew what we wanted. And um, we've he wasn't done. That's 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 something that I'd really really like to point out that he wasn't done yet, and uh, we'll never get to see. Uh, where he was going? Oh, I think that we'll, uh, we definitely have the the pipeline down. The, uh, Apple always is thinking years ahead, and so I definitely think that at least for the next couple of years, you're definitely going to see products that still had Steve's touch on them. I mean, it won't be as significant as it was when he was still around, but 
um, you're definitely going to, there's definitely going to be some influence from what Steve was doing beforehand. I mean, yeah, I totally agree. I really think that it, even a lot of people are experiencing it today. Uh, tonight, it's about uh, 10 o'clock uh, PM while we're recording this, but uh, a lot of you already have had your iOS 5 updates sent right to your devices. Um, uh, we've been hearing a lot over different uh, social medias about how people are really enjoying it. Um, Justin, you upgrade a few of your devices over to it, right? Oh, yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, and then the last thing I want to say is, you know, for Steve Jobs, everybody, you know, go ahead and if you want to go send things over to, uh, I know if you actually look at the uh, the Apple stores right now, they actually have their lights off up until the ceremony, I think it was today. So the lights, I think, are finally going back on. Flowers are getting finally removed. Post-its are finally getting taken off. But, uh, yeah, definitely, I think uh, the IGN has a really, really good... Um, uh, video. It's maybe about two or three minutes long. Very, very good. I'll go ahead and post that up in the show notes. But yeah, definitely. Going on to, uh, but yeah, talking about iOS 5, you know. Oh, hold on. One more, one more thing too. If any of you, any of you right now are using an Apple product, an iOS product, or plan on using one, yeah, including the iPod, please send at least a dollar to some sort of cancer research because this thing is, has really taken too many great people from this, from this earth. I mean, we would have seen this industry go a lot, a lot further if we had some sort of answer to this. So, absolutely. I mean, yeah. So, iOS five, lighter note. iOS That's a good thing. Yes, lighter <laughs> note. iOS five. So, uh, I updated it today. I updated. I have my. Uh, well, a couple things came out today. So you have iOS five launched today. iCloud launched today as well, and you have Lion ten uh, OS ten Lion. 7.2, 10.7.2. So you've got the second re software revision of Lion on here as well, which was to integrate iCloud. So first off, let's talk about iOS 5. Um, kind of a rocky way to uh, do the install. When I set it up this morning, it came active about 10.30 this morning. Um, they use, Historically, the Apple usually launches things about 1, 1 o'clock Eastern time, so 10.30 was about right. And I plug in my iPad and I plug in my iPod Touch, fourth generation. I mean, this year's models for um, for hardware. And I plugged right. it in and and it says, oh, there's a new software update, iOS 5.0. I'm like, sweet. It's all ready to go. So it proceeds to say, all right, we're going to go and back everything up. And then we're going to go ahead and put the OS in. I'm like, all right, you know, typical, they're going to back it up just in case anything happens. They're going to do this. No, it ends up taking my device, backing everything up off of my iPad, wiping my device completely, factory restoring it, then installs the iOS, uh, it then installs the operating system clean, installs iOS 5 clean, and then uh, brings back, uh, to uh, restores your iPad to what it was beforehand, it, or restores your iOS device, which I was thinking, okay, this is going to take, you know, they'll, they'll probably just install it on top of iOS. No, they, it was really cumbersome. And then it scared me a couple of times when I was doing, when I was upgrading the iPad, it when it finally wiped the iPad and then it was rebooting itself, 
I got a internal error. There is something <laughs> wrong. There is something wrong with the upgrade process. That's it. And if anybody knows, if you're doing a firmware update and it says internal error, you feel really screwed because right there, <laughs> when you're flashing firmware, that is the prime opportunity for something to get bricked. And I thought I just bricked my $850 3G 64 gig iPad. <laughs> and I was freaking out. And it wasn't responding for like 20 seconds, thinking, oh my God. And then finally, I see the little Apple logo and I find I, I, I put my Xanax down. Because <laughs> uh, I was about ready to have a damn heart attack. And then, so to be fair, to be fair, it is a Mac. You have to understand there's going to be some some problems there when they're doing huge huge updates especially especially one like iOS 5 I mean that I mean are you at least seeing something that was was the juice worth the squeeze is what I'm trying to ask really Oh absolutely and uh I I went and put it on I did that I did the same thing with my iPod Touch the I, the iPod Touch had a little less problems but it took me a little while tip for anybody who hasn't updated yet don't plug both of your devices in at the same time apparently itunes uh doesn't know what's going on so do things one at a time and just don't don't run anything else just do the update and preferably just a hard reset and then do everything so trust me that'll work a lot better but justin how will i update my twitter while i have that happening well to be honest, well, right then to there, you can't do anything right now. But after you update, if there's any other updates now, one of the things I love about iOS now is while it's syncing, you can be syncing via Wi-Fi or plugged in and still be using the device. Great. Which I love. I love the fact that it was able to do this. I I was I had a Zoom way back when, and the, one of the big things was... Ooh, you get to sync via Wi-Fi. Complete battery drain, but yes, you get to sync via Wi-Fi. <laughs> and yeah, it, it was it's really nice. Um I mean, there's a couple of things that just a uh, brief overview notifications <laughs> Android. Uh, <laughs> uh yes, you do uh, you swipe your finger down and the notifications come up reminder I right right now I'm messing with it on my iPod Touch. Um, it gives me weather for San Diego. Um, then again, if nobody ever knows, uh, I'm in San Diego, and actually Mr. Uh, Andrew is over in uh, Pico Rivera, California, just east of Los Angeles. So the beauty we have we have the most intensely um, highly technologically advanced uh, tin cannon string system. It, it goes pretty high, but I think and it the goes sound pretty long. It's, okay. a, it's about 150 miles, uh, about 120 <laughs> miles long. Yeah, right down the five. No big deal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it, I mean, it shows you the weather and then it says, oh, you have a reminder. And I set a reminder on my iPad maybe about 20 minutes ago saying, oh, by the way, um, you know, you have a law school thing due. Uh, make sure that this gets done by Monday. And I told it, remind me every day that this is that this is due. And on my iPad right now, it says, oh, reminder, your draft of your legal memo is due. Do you honestly put "Oh, by the way" in front of it though? Because that'd oh, be kind of cute. No. Every time, every time it comes up, "Oh, hey, by the way." No, and, <laughs> no, Siri. If I could get Siri, she would be telling me this. And then my calendar it syncs and tells me I have a civil procedure class tomorrow at two forty. And then underneath that is a stock ticker. And then CNN will show up. And any of your apps now, if you've ever used iOS and you have that really obtrusive um, notification that comes up and you have to do something about it, you can't just ignore it. And, uh, and the other thing is, you, you just can't ignore it. You can't ignore it. You have to either say cancel 
or go to the app. It's not like you can just put it away to the side, kind of like on Android, if, well, for instance, you get a text message and it'll just alert you on the top and then like when you want to get to it, you can get to it. It just pops up on top of every window and it goes to the very front and says, you have a text message. What do you want to do? Or, and, and it just sits there. And it just sits there. Now they've taken, of course, Android's approach and and it works really well. Now, I'm uh, from a legal perspective, I'm just wondering how they're able to pull this off without Google calling the lawyers. I guess because it's free to license Google, so I guess maybe that's how it's working. But I'm really, really interesting because this is extremely reminiscent. I mean, it even has the little handle like it had back in... Uh, um, 1.2 yeah like uh, or no it, like in um eclair uh 2.1 oh. and uh, the little app drawer uh, or that little uh, scroll down bar that you had when you pulled it down it's it has that little texture to it and like oh this really looks like android um the other thing that's nice though when there is a notification in your in an app it just kind of the top of the screen just in a 3d motion folds down and says oh uh -huh. by the way this is what's going on yeah, no. I when I when I see those those the the kind of direction that Apple's heading for this whole thing and the way that they're stealing things from Android, it's almost it's almost reminiscent of one of Steve Jobs' uh, greatest quotes. Uh, you know, uh, I think I can't remember it perfectly off the top of my head, but it's something to the extent of good artists copy, great artists Artist steal. steal. Yes. Uh, the other there's just a couple other things just to go over. I the iCloud for instance. Um, I like how it works. I was taking a couple pictures with my iPod Touch, and boom, automatically it went to my iMac, it went to my MacBook Pro, and it went to my uh, my iPad. And it all did it within a couple seconds. I mean, it was really impressive. The only thing, though, that I don't like is that if you're using a if you've been using a sync service like Google, mm -hmm. this is really really obtrusive. Uh, for instance, calendars. You can't use the calendar and just say, okay, the calendar that I have right now, just copy that to iCloud and send that around. You actually have to set up a new calendar and put everything that you had manually. There's no, I mean, if they really wanted to take people, I think it would have been really wise if Apple would have had like a Google Google Sync export program that took everything from Google all the information that you had and then synced it to iCloud and then says, oh, look, everything that you want to do on Google, you can do on here now. Um, it, it, it's just really obtuse the way that they did that. Uh, I didn't, I don't like the way that I have to set up a new calendar. But the other weird thing is, though, that my contacts from Google Contacts are on my address book and then synced up to iCloud, which I'm like, okay, why is it doing this? But it's not doing this on my calendar. And on mail, apparently, you need a at me account now. So I'm apparently they want you to forward everything to that at me account. So well, that has to do with the whole messaging. You know, they're trying to get with this whole BBM style of of messaging. This whole this whole you know you can see them when they're typing, and they're trying to get a whole unified messaging software. It's and they're trying to just establish an ecosystem, and and I mean that's great. We're kind of in need of one now since you know Rim can't even handle theirs. I think it's gonna it'll it'll work, but I think that the migration, especially because they know everybody uses Google stuff nowadays for so I think it would have been wise for them to have some sort of migration program that would have made it easier rather than me like punching everything into my calendar all over again. Wow.
Well, sir, these times they are a change. Yes, yes, indeed they are. <laughs> but if for anybody else, if you want to go ahead, check out Lion, um, I, iTunes uh, 10.5 came out. That's so you can use iTunes in the cloud. Real quickly, that's if you buy anything, it sends it over there. Uh, iTunes, it sends it to all your other iOS devices. iTunes Match is going to be coming out at the end of the month. That's going to be 25 bucks. And anything that you have on your actual Mac, they'll go ahead and send it up into the cloud. All your iOS devices will get that. And other than that, um, I'll post on the show notes uh, links to iTunes and all um, to the Apple website showing you everything that's going on down there. Um, Apple has had a huge chunk of this whole news thing that we've been doing. <laughs> yes, I mean, indeed. you know, well, Apple, it's, it's, they, it's they well earned. Everything. It's, it's well deserved. Yeah. I mean, they definitely launched a ton of. Uh, news i mean what then then the iphone comes out pretty soon so i just want to make sure people know that this is not an apple podcast <laughs> for example we'll talk of other news stories like and rim i don't know if any of you are blackberry users out there but um yeah definitely uh rim's whole bbm system shut down uh for those of you who uh don't have blackberries or for those of you who, who have them and are not familiar with how their system works uh, i'll take a few minutes to explain um BlackBerry uh, started probably about 15, 20 years ago. Uh, they're, they're based out of Canada, but they started with a whole new kind of idea. When they saw the internet being built up and gaining its strength like it, like it has been, they, they were really trendsetters in the uh, environment of bringing internet to mobile. In fact, they spent a good five years building a system that purely was based on delivering internet connectivity to mobile devices before they even released a device. So their whole system is based around this BBM or this BlackBerry connection, this BlackBerry uh, enterprise technology, meaning everything's connected, which is great because everything happens instantly. Everything happens a little faster. If any of you guys have Blackberries, you can realize the strength and the speed in it, especially in its internet programming uh, and its um, email service, by far one of the best email clients out there. And BBM, too, is is almost instantaneous across the entire world. Um, the, the bad thing about a system like that is when it goes down, it goes down for everyone. BlackBerry has over 70 million users across the world. Uh, they have a huge, huge footprint in countries like India uh, um, and you know a lot of other Middle Eastern countries so too. Most enterprise uses most enterprise companies, most corporations use still BlackBerry. I mean, Apple or Android have not been able to completely penetrate that market yet. Yet, and you know, but the and, numbers are dwindling. The numbers are dwindling because RIM and, and its BlackBerry team just haven't – They failed to innovate. One, they failed to innovate because they have not been able to release a fully new functional operating system yet. Uh, BlackBerry 3 was the last one that blew people away. BlackBerry 4, 5, and 6 did nothing. BlackBerry 7 is the current one that they're currently on, and I I had it for about a month on the BlackBerry Bolt Touch. And I couldn't handle it. it. It was too buggy. The liquid graphics looked great and the speed was good, but I ran into a lot of crashes. I ran into a lot of bugs. It was just, it was not a good experience. And That's I found amazing. myself. How, and how's the app support on that thing? I, for the first two weeks, could not even access BlackBerry's app world because there was an internal bug that wasn't letting you load your BlackBerry profile. So I was um, third party uh, app deprived for the first two weeks. And just and you can't sideload? Well, you can, and you can go in and do that, but I want to use the device. The way it's you know, intended. The way it's intended, yeah, the way I spent $300 to use it. But um, 
you know, the the thing about Rim's system is when it all goes down, it's a big, big news story. I don't know if any of you watched the news at all today, but you know, almost every news source has been covering this, where it's a it's a whole shutdown. Uh, People don't understand why and people don't understand what's going on. But as of a few, probably about an hour ago, I heard uh, uh, in TechSide and Gadget, I already reporting that some services are slowly coming back. So three days down is a big, big deal. And it really shows that RIM is losing its losing its footprint. It's do losing they, it. Do they give a cause for why the uh, why RIM servers went down? Um, I haven't really checked on that. Um, I I. Everything that they've been saying was is an internal error, uh, and there was something about a breach in the enterprise server. I want to say, I'd have to look into it more. We'll put more information and a few links to other stories on it in the show notes as well. Mm, anonymous, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no. If, it, we, if there's any we, hack, you just blame anonymous. Justin, we don't discuss rule one on the internet. Oh, oh, forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so God, they're gonna um, hack our servers now. <laughs> You know there was a uh, uh, you know a few things that that are happening uh, in the industry as well other than RIM. Uh, big news came from Google. They finally rescheduled their event uh, after hearing about the news of the loss of Steve Jobs. Uh, Android thought it was uh, respectable to go in and give a few days and you know give some time for the industry to cool down. It would be a little too soon to to put a uh, a press release that fast. Now, granted, I I think you were right on point. We were talking about this earlier in the week and. And I think that they probably were just ragging on Apple through that entire press conference. Yeah, I really think it was an attack, and I really think you know they wanted to kind of uh, hit them when they were down. I mean, there, there's been a lot of people who look at Apple's progress and their release of this 4S and say, "This took you 12 months to make." Uh, yeah, you know, I think no, it was more than that. Was it 16? Yeah, 16 months to produce a, 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 the same exact phone just with higher Basically, specs. Basically, all they did was take the internals of the iPad 2 and put it in. It's not even a RAM bump. It's, the, it's literally the iPad 2's chips in the iPhone 4. Yeah, it's, it's just... And Siri. It, there has been a lot of other pictures of this hardware with this teardrop design like we talked about in one of our first podcasts where, uh, you know, these things didn't come from nowhere. But you want to know something? The, the one thing that I'm looking at at the teardrop design and people – I've been listening to this um, about other people talking about it as well. That actually would have been really weird if you had a teardrop design. I could understand a bigger screen, but if it was counterweighted in a way or if it was in the teardrop design, it would be really weird playing games, especially racing games on that thing. I think you do need to have a symmetrical design for a device like that simply because of the fact that it's going to be weird to hold, um, especially if you're using stuff like in landscape mode or watching a movie or doing something like that, unless they were designing it particularly to hold it with one hand. Um, but that's that's just my guess on that. I think that Apple wanted to save some money and then they definitely, you know, they spent enough R&D into the iPhone 4's uh, chassis that to just, you know, fix the antenna issues that they were having, I think that definitely... Um, behoove them at least from a product standpoint and i mean if we really look at it they're really just following the the product pattern that they've been releasing when they released the the iphone 3g and then they got the 3gs and i have the iphone 4 and i have the iphone 4s i mean it is their fault that they're now they're 
poking or prodding the fire so much that that's the type of expectation other people are having. Well, you know what? AT&T is going to add on to that expectation because AT&T is actually requesting that when they're hitting HSPDA plus speeds to actually change the indicator to literally say 4G. 4G. Which is insane to me. That is blatant lying to the public. It is not right. Word, word to the wise, if anybody, HSPD Play Plus is not 4G. What T-Mobile, and you know what? To be honest, though, T-Mobile does have technology that's 41 megabits per second HSPDA Plus. Still, though, that's theoretical. Um, I, HSPDA Plus, in my opinion, is not 4G. If you're talking 4G, we're talking about WiMAX. LTE or WiMAX Advanced, WiMAX 2 or LTE Advanced. Those are the only four technologies that can be considered 4G. I really think that uh, T-Mobile and AT&T really are causing a disservice because now they're going to start confusing people. Uh, uh, they're going to start confusing people when it comes to, oh, now we have real 4G next year when AT&T launches their LTE network. And then, and if there's that acquisition with T-Mobile, now it's all these people saying, wait a minute, you said you sold me a 4G phone. And so, well, yeah, now we sold you. Now this is 4G better than 4G, but it's still No, 4G. this is this is 4GS. Oh, God. <laughs> and then, well, See, then, no, it's just, it's going to be a huge debate in all honesty. This is all just marketing ploys, people. It's just meant to make you feel like you're going faster. It's just meant to make you feel like you have a new emerging technology. Any thing with G behind it just stands for generation. If we're going to get technical, yes, WiMAX, LTE, all their variations, yes, 4G. If we're going to go marketing standpoint, single G could be a, a tin can and wire, 2G could be your walkie-talkie, 3G could be one of those radio channel things, you know, like a uh, like a trucker has, and, and th you know, 4G could be a, a basic, yeah, basic satellite network. You know, it doesn't matter what they're called, it's just as long as you have generations of it. it, and, it it's, and it's significantly faster, but the problem problem is it's that it's not really all that significantly faster on AT&T or T-Mobile. And I think this is a perfect segue to get into Sprint. We'll, we'll talk about the Nexus Prime right after this. but Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it eventually. But yeah, yeah, exactly. When a segue comes by, uh, you have to definitely take it. Exactly. And I'd have to argue actually now that this little interaction we're having is killing the segue. <laughs> but going back, Sprint is switching to LTE and they're really doubling down. And I... I'm rooting for Sprint, to be honest. I, I'm really rooting for Sprint. I, I think that is making... Sprint your Rudy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I am. I am definitely rooting for Sprint because I think that it's they definitely have the 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 mentality that's right. I mean, they're, they're the only ones. They're the only still nationwide carrier that still has unlimited talk, text, and web. Uh, you can get the iPhone. It's the only carrier you can get the iPhone 4s with unlimited web. Uh, unlimited data, and you can also, it's the only one that you know that you can get a true 4G phone with a competent pricing plan. And I think that, you know, Dan Hesse has been making really good strides, you know, doubling down on iPhone 5, doubling down on iPhone 4S, uh, making sure that LTE gets put through. Not, and when they did this, they said LTE will be done. Like all of their networks where WiMAX is uh, will have. LTE by what, like the middle of 2013 or the end of 2013? Like, so like in a, they want to start doing this within like a year and a half, two years. Sprint is getting their market share that they 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 have honestly been, you know, getting a lot of customers, a lot of clients for, for this whole new system. And with the release of them, you know, being able to sell the iPhone, 
um, it's it's definitely going to get up as well. Uh, a lot of people are missing their unlimited data, especially business users. And Sprint is really hardcore on their spend on their business pricing. So, which would probably it, explain though why they haven't been expanding WiMAX networks. For instance, in San Diego, it's almost non-existent. But here in you know, great metropolitan Pico Rivera, we have either a 4G tower what a hundred feet away from me. I mean, I I have perfect 4G where I I'm I'm currently on Sprint. I have a uh, um, Evo Shift. It's uh it's a great. I I sacrifice some speed to go with the keyboard, but I I do love a physical keyboard. I I'm slowly realizing though that the the physical keyboard is becoming a thing of the past. Yes, I, I have a Droid 2 Global. That's the phone I currently have right now. And I've been using the physical keyboard less and less. You know, Justin, these kids nowadays with their touch screens. I know. Jeez. Especially, well, uh, last thing I want to say about um, Sprint is uh, they definitely need to start moving those markets. I think this is a do or die situation with them. I mean, it, we could possibly see a sale to Verizon in, no. in 2014. Here's, here's, if, here's... They, if they don't do well. If they Here's, don't do well, if they and I'm hoping they do well because I'm all for competition and I think Sprint's one of the last real competent, less not evil empire carriers. Justin, yes. here's what's gonna happen. We're gonna see um, Google take a huge, huge investment into Sprint within the next six months. I I I am absolutely 120% sure about that. You think Google uh, will buy Sprint? I don't think we'll go that far, but I wouldn't count it out. I definitely would not count that they've out. Already bu- they've already bought a mobile carrier. Why not just buy a whole damn mobile network? Yeah, why not just buy the entire LTE spectrum? But, you know, <laughs> that's that's the evil empire getting bigger and bigger. But Sprint or uh, Google has already taken a huge investment into allowing Sprint to utilize their uh, their Google Voice service before anyone else. I mean, they were and using an NFC. Yeah, I mean they're they're giving that specifically to Sprint. I mean the the Nexus series is you know uh, being released through Sprint. Uh, it's it's definitely Google is looking at Sprint as the underdog that they can make profit from, and I think that's what's going to happen. I think that we're going to eventually come to a three tier system where we're going to have all. All of our networks, AT&T, Verizon, and Sprint, eventually using nothing but LTE. But it's going to be an issue of pricing. It's going to be an issue of data. That's going to be an issue on uh, an is- an issue on messaging. And I because- think that's going to be that. It's going to be Verizon's game to be played. Be right now, they have the largest market. They have and a and a very good <laughs> network. I mean, yeah, and they but, have a horrible pricing scheme. Justin, one of the things I could tell you about Verizon is every, almost every person on the Verizon network that I ever talked to is paying through the nose. Not only are they paying through their nose, but their bill is never the same amount every month. Every single month, it's like this this random thing. If you're you're rolling the dice with Verizon because your bill is going to be two thirty one month, and then two fifty the next, and then two ten one month, and then three hundred the next. It's this random charges that Verizon just throws at you. I mean, I was in telecommunications for a long time. I sold a lot of different products and a lot of different services. I can't really go into name <laughs> names. I don't think uh, that would show a little bit of a bias. But I will say that Sprint does have one of the best pricing schemes around, with one of the weakest networks around. But I'll put it this I- way: if Sprint had a more had a stronger network, because they have an excellent lineup of phones. Um, if Sprint, Sprint, yeah, Sprint had a stronger network, I would definitely be 
right on that bandwagon. What if I told you, Justin, that Sprint was going to invest twenty billion dollars into their LTE upgrades? Yeah, well, then give me <laughs> give me a call back in about two years' time when all that's done, and I and that, I and I'm going to be able to do that because that right be now, time for your upgrade. Right now, exactly, my <laughs> upgrade from my Nexus Prime. Yeah, definitely. Uh, talk about a segue because here we go. I think going. I think this is a great way to talk about LTE on Verizon. Um. It, Verizon's been a huge backer of Google, of a huge backer of Android. I one could reasonably argue. I mean, the GST Mobile had the G1, but you can argue that it was really the Droid, the original Droid on Verizon, that really put um, Android center stage. Especially with the Droid Does campaign going against iPhone, uh, I think that was really strong, and I think Verizon's been probably in terms of network, one of the strongest supporters. Um, if you look at their lineup, they have an enormous amount of phones, uh, especially from Motorola, Samsung, and HTC. You're always getting eight, those three companies' flagship devices. And people are going to argue, well, wait a minute, why didn't Verizon get the Galaxy S2? Because uh, what they're going to be getting at the end of this month uh, or November 4th, what they're going to be announcing next week, the Nexus Prime. Because I think it's about time that Verizon finally got a Nexus device. I think they deserve to get a Nexus device. Um, the Nexus Prime matching LTE with uh, a, an impressive 4.6-inch uh, uh, AMOLED, super AMOLED screen, this beautiful form factor, this curved glass display um, on the show notes, we'll put on the link to the video. But I mean, I, w you and I have both looked at this thing um, on hands-on uh, videos. It's beautiful. It is gorgeous. It, it is absolutely stunning. It is arguably, this is what I think a lot of people who were waiting on the iPhone 5, this is what you were waiting for. Well, to, to be fair, to be fair, the screen, beautiful, amazing, great rendering, smooth rendering. It's it's almost kind of a BlackBerry 7-esque liquid graphics kind of a display. Um, but I will say the specs on that screen is just under the Retina display. Just Retina under. We're talking 320 pixels per inch compared to, what, 336? Uh, but hey, I'm just saying for people who are numbers people, uh, the Retina display is still a little bit better. But this curved display, this unique form factor, is it's stunning. It's one of those things where you don't really think you would utilize it. But as we're watching these videos and we're seeing the the gestures that are utilized in uh, Ice Cream Sandwich, uh, Google's latest update to Android, it it really fits every bit of it. And I uh, think this is where because the argument is on. I brought this in. La I brought this up last week. Was the argument that a lot of people make about Android is that it just, it's a great operating system, it's an extremely competent operating system, but it just doesn't have that ooh-la-la, -la, that polish that iOS does. And I think this is the time that the, that the polish finally comes in, that you have just that silky smooth 3D animations, um, that you have just this really nice user interface. I mean, it looks like it's straight out of Tron. It, but, you know, it looks really great. It looks really clean. But I, 
Google set up a beautiful device and they set up a beautiful operating system, but it has a lot to compete with. If you're one of those people going out for just vanity, I mean, look at Windows Phone 7. Windows Phone 7's Metro UI was it's revolutionary. It makes almost anything else look like they're using just look flat and one-dimensional when you when you flip in and out of its if its menus, it's it's well, revolutionary. What did, well, what does the operating system need to do for it to uh, to move itself in terms of functionality? It's one, it's it's going there. I mean, it's it's definitely heading in that direction. But a lot of the things are really cheesy and almost unnecessary. If you if you look at how they were swiping to the end in ice cream sandwich, and it does this little tilt to know that you're at the end. I mean, it's it it looks unnatural, is what I'm trying to say. It's smooth, but it just looks unnatural. I think. Well, I guess that's where you and I disagree on that. Then I think it looks like a very finished polished operating system and it makes itself look different and i think it ha android right now has to further distance itself from ios and prove to its prove to people why it's even more different because now you have ios 5 which has incorporated a ton of stuff from android and now the differences are starting to become less and less apparent so i think that you have further widget integration more dynamic widget integration um, and I think something that I've really wanted right now, I think Google needs to have a music a music desktop client, an actual system, an actual program that you put on your Mac or your PC where you have access to the Android marketplace, where you have access to all your Google music, where you have access to all of that, and you can sync it to your device, an iTunes-esque um, Why does software. it need... Why does it need a uh, a desktop client when they have a web-based client? Already? I mean, if you could use a web-based client and plug it in and bring all that stuff over, I, I think because the management is not there. I think that's one thing that Apple does really well is music, is your music, your apps, your books, your videos. The thing is, is that now Google and Apple are starting to compete neck and neck in terms of the amount of content and types of content that they're offering. And... Apple has a really good way of organizing it in a very centralized place, and Google is very decentralized. And I think that's going to be to Google's detriment if they want to keep going forward. So two things, uh, two things that I want from this press conference. One, I want to see how Google is going to bring all of their media together and how they're going to bring gaming. I want to, you know, I want to see developers there. So maybe three things. I want to see gaming developers there saying they're doubling down on Android. It's the largest mobile operating system right now it has the largest market share of smartphones why aren't more developers developing for it and then the third thing that i want to see and this is totally rumor and conjecture but if this thing plugs into a tablet i'm going to freak out no you know it's 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 not gonna be a freak out. It'll be a revolution. It'll be it'll be something. No, no, freak that... out in a good way. Like, oh my god, this is no, 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 no. I know what you thing. mean, but I think it would be even more than that. I mean, I would be, I'd go and probably start waiting in line the second they announce it. I mean, it would, <laughs> it would be, I'd be ready to end my two year contract in here right now to switch to whatever network you put it on. But um, I I think what they really need to do a big big thing they need to do is integrate their systems they they have this this really unique setup where you can run android 2.2 on a phone and on a tablet you can run 2.3 on a phone and on a tablet and with this new upgrade this ice cream sandwich upgrade i mean you're going to be able to run a, a, a honeycomb-esque system 
on a phone. It's a tablet operating system slapped into a phone. It's it's going to be great if they can somehow pair the two together, almost a BlackBerry Bridge-like software like we've talked about in the past. Or if there actually was a type of – and I've seen this device – I've seen this no, this concept before where you slide the phone into a chassis, not the chassis is the tablet. The Asus tablet, I, I, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. That was really crazy, and and you know if this is how this is going to work, that's that's going to be a great, great new kind of player. We've already seen phones do something similar to this with Motorola's uh, WebTop programs on the Atrix and on the Photon and which, things like that. Of which they just announced a new version of that that doesn't have crap keys. Yeah, and something and the dock now. You notice they've gotten rid of the dock. It's a cable now. It's that is ridiculous. Ridiculous. There is a. I would much rather use the first version of the of the laptop. Well, the reason is is because they want compatibility across everything, and the fact is is that the way that they make their form factors, um, and then because from apparently uh, apparently they're going to announce the Razer next week, the uh, the Motorola Razer HD, which will be the new LTE device after the Bionic. Uh, my question is though, if it's going to if the Bionic rules all machines. Does the Razer rule all machines that rules all machines? <laughs> you know, the Razer was, you know, arguably the most successful phone of all time. I mean, it's it's still getting sold today. And uh, they're, they're finally... I was able to sell that... one on Craigslist a couple, like about a year ago. I was still able to sell one for, <laughs> for almost top dollar, a maroon Razer V9. Yeah, see, razors are one of those things that it's 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 uh, it it'll never go away, and now they're kind of bringing the name back. It, it's it's smart marketing. That's that's for sure. It's really a good way to get it out to people and kind of establish another trust. It it'll bring a lot of old people to the smartphone market. I'll tell you that right now because they they want to go with that name brand that they remember, and they're probably still using razors to this day. And I think it's really going to bring people over. Um, I've been looking for a smartphone when my mom up. Up, is able for her upgrade and she's gonna get a smartphone uh, i don't care how much she kicks and screams about it she's gonna get a smartphone and a lot of her, force one on her and a lot of her girlfriends are getting them a lot of um uh my my mother's best friends are all having smartphones my aunt who is older than her her si- her sister has a smartphone and always sends her picture messages of half naked men dancing on you know, gifs of half naked men dancing so <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that you're definitely going to get a bigger, bigger audience because now when the iPhone came out and you had a touchscreen interface, everyone's like, how do you do this? And now it's just become second nature. Oh, you just do this. You click on the icon. This is how you do it. You swipe left and right. Everybody knows how to use it now. And so I think that going back to Google and Android, I think ice cream sandwich needs to have a really, really big showstopper. And I think just making it more flashy is not going to do it, contrary to what I was saying earlier about, oh, it looks great. Um, I think that polish is definitely something that they need there, but I need some function. I want functionality that is going to set it apart from Apple. I think ubiquitous NFC from like this point, basically Google saying, all right, from this point on, all of our phone, all of the phones on ice cream sandwich need to have NFC um, or I think they need to do something like how Windows does it. Uh, you think they should set up something like how windows has it set up um there has to be minimum hardware requirements exactly yeah and i i agree because that's the only way they're going to start to utilize these softwares that that they've invested so heavily into like google wallet i mean now they have a, a 
complete spread of uh, creditors um, supporting the wallet system now. I mean, you can get every major credit card thrown into Google Wallet. Because right it's, now, the majority of phones, as of now, are running uh, gingerbread. I mean, it's really, really fast how fast... Uh, it's really, really impressive how fast the carriers and device manufacturers have pushed out gingerbread. Yeah, now, it's almost like they give away the software for free. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. No, but the fact is that they're able to get the phones to be working with that, the right drivers for that device and to have all that working. Um, I, it's really impressive. I mean, it's a minuscule amount of people. I mean, there are still some people running Donut, and the, <laughs> but the fact is is that most people are running. <laughs> people, people running Donut, mere simpletons. Yes, yes, indeed. Mere mortals. I, I saw someone with a G1 still. I was like, <laughs> you you know there's you can – you're up for an upgrade, like, all right, please tell me you're up for an upgrade. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm moving to Verizon soon. And then I told him Nexus Prime. I've been telling everybody about this phone. The dude had a G1. Dude had a G1. Did it say LA Cellular on it? <laughs> no, it was a T-Mobile. Oh, T-Mobile. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Oh, but, um, but yeah, I, I'm really excited for this phone. I'm, I'm stoked. I really want this, and we will find out in one week what happens. Yeah, um, but you know. uh, but going on, I mean, I guess the last thing that you know, I, I guess the future is upon us, and the future of TV is upon us now as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, a few a few big things that happened in TV news. Uh, first off, uh, just kind of go off of our Google theme that we've been talking about for the last few minutes. Uh, Google TV uh, released the last uh, SDKs that needed to go out for the 2.0 update. It's going to bring a lot of great apps and things to the Google TV system. If you guys haven't utilized or seen the system, I suggest you go visit Mr. Justin Valero in sunny San Diego and do like I did and play with his Google TV. He'll gladly invite you in. Buy me dinner first if you're going to play with my Google TV. <laughs> but no, um, Justin, you, you obviously own the system. You use it on a day-to-day -day basis. I love it. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. Uh, it is fantastic. I use it with just a plain Jane cable DVR and it works wonderfully. It tells me when things are running. I can search for whatever show I'm looking for. It'll tell me when it's coming up I, and it'll tell me what I have on YouTube and what I have on Netflix. Uh, it is really well done. The only thing that's missing is app integration, which is what's coming in the Honeycomb update. And that app integration is if it, if they do it right, is going to be really 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 good, and it's a testament to the hardware too that it actually can still run Honeycomb. I mean, uh, yeah, I it's they're they're kind of slowly achieving what Microsoft is trying to achieve right now, and that's a universal operating system, something that they could slap on almost any device and it works well. That 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 just base bit of coding is so uh, so versatile. It's it's so variable based that you can put it in almost anything. And I think you're, I think we're all seeing that. Look at what's going on. I mean, oh, Lion in OS 10 acts like iOS. Um, you're seeing more and more of this merging. Look at Windows 8. Windows 8 is designed to be a operating system that is scalable um, from cell phones to tablets to PCs. Yeah, I mean, that's why we haven't seen a big gaming update. Uh, I don't know if we're allowed to start making spoilers for next year, but I'm calling it right now, people. There, the, It will be the Microsoft Windows 8 gaming system. It will. It, I'll be happy if there's still an Xbox name in there, 
But the next version of the Xbox is going to be totally running Windows 8 completely. Xbox Metro. Xbox Metro. <laughs> it was so great in West Hollywood. Could you imagine the Xbox yeah. Metro? <laughs> yeah, it would definitely be a great market. That would be a that would be a fun marketing campaign to watch. <laughs> <laughs> but no, absolutely. But they're doing it right now. The, speaking of which, if we're going to talk about Xbox, uh, they just are launching their. They're just taking signups right now for the beta of the Metro, the new Metro UI interface that's going to take over. Xbox, uh, that it's going to be totally reskinned. The, uh, I, I guess you could call it the new Xbox Experience 3.0, and they're doing Bing integration and they're doing uh, Connect integration throughout everything. And the big thing that they're coming out is TV. I know they were talking about this like three years ago at CES, and they said, "Oh yeah, we're bringing it this year." This was back when there were still blades on the console. And the console was still white and made the sound of <laughs> made look sounded like it was going Justin, out of an airplane hangar. Justin, why does it matter what color the uh, the system was, huh? Oh, I was just saying that it was huge. Do you got a problem still... with it being colored now, Justin? I have a problem when they red ringed. <laughs> That's the only color I don't like. Yes. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, no. The the things that they're bringing into the system now. I mean, they they have a lot of big big names. I mean, sci-fi big them up. Uh, okay. Xfinity is gonna throw some things in there. Uh, Xbox does not make a gaming console anymore. Xbox makes a entertainment system. When was the last time that you were able to turn on a device and watch a movie, play a game, then browse the web, and then go back to gaming, talk to your friends across the uh, whole world using a messaging system? It's you. This the is the thing. Future. Is that the only thing that does that? kind of is the PlayStation 3, but it's not done as well. No. And, I mean, and I love my PlayStation 3. I, I mean, I love Sony. I, do, I, I love that system. There's so many good exclusives on there. But Microsoft, oh my God, they were able to make a system that has lasted longer than most consoles have ever. Yeah. And, and it still feels fresh. That's the thing. It still feels fresh. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember I was almost losing hope in gaming and then uh when the xbox 360 came out i wasn't gonna buy it i wasn't gonna play it and then i saw one of my buddies play gears of war and then i played gears of war and to this day i'm waiting in line at midnight for gears of war 3 it's it's become uh, uh almost like a communal thing now where people are just built into this live persona this live um gaming uh, universe, you know what I mean? It's it's they've they've really built an echo uh, an ecosystem within itself where you have um, people that you play your games with, you have people that you know that you can watch movies with, uh, you you know you can watch in a party using Netflix. Uh, I'm assuming they're going to do the same kind of party viewing with with TV and the live TV features they're going to bring to it. Well, I'm uh, really, they, they're I'm already really saying that they're going to build uh, the Connect support right into it. I'm really is, excited that they're going to be putting in things like HBO and and like cable providers they're actually putting uh, i'm still crazy about hbo i'm like how on earth did you pull that off oh because it's not going to be free sir oh no no by no means i don't care if i had to pay 6.99 for hbo i'd still do it the, that is the only reason that i still keep cable is so that i can have hbo if they got that showtime and stars 
that at on demand, uh, could you imagine paying six ninety nine or seven ninety nine a month? You pay for that. You pay for your gold subscription. You would you would cut your cable bill completely. That's what I did. I do not have cable programming in my house. I have a Netflix account. I have Hulu Plus, and it's all running through my Xbox. And I really don't watch anything else. If I want to watch South Park, which you know isn't on those things, or you know a lot of it is, but the new episodes, I watch it through South Park Studios. I, I, uh, you know, almost every major show has a web outlet now, and you know you just buy a cable to connect your computer to your TV, and you're Let me set ask up. Ask you a question: Would you pay three ninety nine if a if Xbox got a South Park Studio subscription? Absolutely not. Absolutely, I already I have a twenty dollar cable that let me do it unlimited. I so, mean, I, I I just plug in my my computer to my TV and boom, there it is. I, I mean, I see. I'm one of those people who have been waiting for a la carte video. I want a la carte video. Because- All right then, Justin. If a la carte video exists, if Google TV exists, and Xbox, you know, has this new. Um, service this new kind of uh, library almost of of video options and roku boxes are out there and, see but you know, that's there's the so problem. many there's so many you different things there's buy, so many different mediums but, but to get all of those like for instance you know you'll have amazon video on demand on the roku box but it's not on the google tv box or the xbox but the xbox has last fm and hbo and all that but the google tv doesn't have that so the problem is right now that no single provider of a set-top box has been able to get all of them in one box yet. So now, Justin, the closest if that, one is Xbox. If that exists and that one day happens, is Cable dead? Yes. Absolutely, no doubt in your mind, Cable dead. No doubt, it would be dead. It wouldn't be dead immediately. It would take about another. I would give it another ten years. But it's the same type of thing when people were using rabbit ears or people the analog rabbit ears as opposed to digital TV. You are going to – people are going to pay a little bit more for internet. They're going to take the savings that they're getting out of not having cable and they're going to lower their internet. And cable providers are going to turn into video on demand providers. Ooh. I'm talking 10 years from now. But... Uh, that's that's a little risky because they're already offering free on-demand. They're already offering free on-demand services. I'm saying that they're going to pull a Netflix. That Netflix originally... You you mean they're going to they're gonna change their name quickly and then change it right back when everyone starts to put their arms up? Oh, all right. Netflix before <laughs> six months ago. All right. So, But the way that Netflix originally was a DVD by mail service and that was an intent. And then they said, oh, we're going to do this little streaming thing on the side. And then before you knew it, they completely changed their market plan and their business model to where it actually their primary source of revenue and their primary business was Internet streaming. And I think that cable companies starting with video on demand and making these programmings, uh, I think you're going to start getting cable set top boxes that are less and less reliant on live TV broadcasts and more on you pay for your HBO subscription because you can get HBO video on demand and that's the primary way you do it or you get ABC on demand and I think it's going to be really interesting to do this and for Xbox to start already getting in cahoots with Verizon, Comcast and AT&T is the absolute right move. Yeah, no, it definitely is and it shows where this industry is going and the kind of new revolution that we're 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 stepping into. It's it's a technological renaissance, if you will, and we're we're gonna definitely within the next five years are we're we're gonna look back at what we're using now and definitely um, see look at his ancient technology. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna laugh at the days when we would pay one hundred and ten dollars for cable. And now we're paying you know sixty dollars for our favorite six or seven 
providers. It's 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 definitely going to be a big change, and it it's one that's welcomed. I'm I was tired of paying that much for cable. I mean, it's I'm paying a hundred dollars for cable right now, cable and internet. I'm paying yeah. like hundred and fifteen dollars a month. And speaking it, of speaking of world in my pocket, this is the wallet that's in my pocket podcast right now. Exactly, um, this is the empty wallet in my pocket podcast. <laughs> this is please. We need we need advertising supporters so we can start to afford cable. That's what we need. <laughs> but uh, yes, oh no, we need advertising so we can actually go to things like Cedia that was going on this week. Yeah, especially yeah, considering I can see Cedia from my window. <laughs> you could you could throw a rock. You know what you should do is just stre- add a few feet to the uh, to the little tin cannon wire system we got going. You know what just I should ma- do? Cedia goes on center. until tomorrow. I should just go there and start harassing ex- ex- <laughs> um, exhibitors and just see <laughs> just uh, walk around with some makeshift badge and <laughs> just say, "Please talk to me." Please, I want to be press. Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> well, anyway, that's enough begging and pleading for us this week. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Again, check out our podcast. They're usually recorded on Wednesdays. If you don't catch it late at night, then go ahead and check it out in your inbox. Uh, and, hopefully, and hopefully we'll be talking about the actual Nexus Prime this time. Or if anything delays, then we're sorry. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's technology. What do you expect? It's going to delay. But yes, next week, I absolutely expect our uh, our reactions on the Nexus Prime, Ice Cream Sandwich, more and uh, more of Eric Schmidt. <laughs> we'll be talking Schmidt next week on the <laughs> World in My Pocket podcast. <laughs> and I, I don't think a better way to end that. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Alrighty, guys. Well, again, I'm Andrew. I'm Justin. And we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Take care. Bye.